What's up, guys? It's Scuba Dubert. I am here to make you love music more. And that's what this podcast is all about. So I wanted to talk a little bit about my dudes, Sun Lux. They just won the Academy Award for their work on Everything Everywhere All at Once. And it's been really fun watching them as a band because they have grown so much and have taught me a lot and influenced my music personally. So I want to talk about like, what have I taken from them? What do I think about their music that is revolutionary and groundbreaking and changing the scope of music? And, and you know, having this kind of big accolade, I think it's just going to push it into hyperdrive, you know? So let's start from the top. I remember when I first started listening to them, I think it was like 2014 or something like that. Um, you know, their their music was very dramatic and cinematic. And so naturally, one of the first things I heard was, this is kind of like a movie score music, a little bit. But there was something deeper to it. It wasn't just sweeping string arrangements. And yeah, there were, there were like cool orchestral elements like um, clarinets and different stuff going on. But there was, there was like an otherworldly affect to the whole thing. And it's not just the way the lead singer <laughs> sings. Um, there, there was like a, there was like a sense of what is this instrument that pervaded all of the music that they made? You know, fast forward, they, they kind of started this, this solo project, they turn into this full fledged band. And then I start watching interviews, I start watching things about their process. And um, as they're growing, they're exploring these, these new sounds. And their, their drummer, Ian Chang does this video where he talks about like, applying electronic elements to the drum kit, like being influenced by electronic music and then trying to replicate it on the acoustic drum kit. So like right next to me, I've got my snare drum. And one of the cool things that he was talking about was using the backside of the snare drum, the part where the snares are on there and using them as a percussion, you know, element. So let's see if I can do it. Um, I'm using my, my fingers instead of uh, drumsticks, but you'll get the gist. So what you do is you rake the snares, which is the stuff that's on the bottom, and then you have an impact on the top part of the snare head. So it creates like a reverse kind of effect. It's pretty rad. That was one of the first things that I saw from them. But then you flash forward, and you know, they continue to grow as musicians, which is something that I always talk about on the pod, is always keep growing. And they, you know, develop their sense of sound. And that brings me to the central thesis of this entire podcast episode. Sunlux are pioneers in melding the worlds of sound design and production at the same time. So it's something that, you know, sound designers used to be kind of like their own role. You might've seen some of these videos on TikToks where people are like, you know, putting, um, their like muddy shoes into a sandbox or a kitty litter box and making the footsteps that you hear, um, the Foley that you hear on top of movies. And they're showing you like kind of how that kind of stuff happens. Sunlux is doing the same thing where they're applying those principles to acoustic instruments and also creating acoustic instruments out of different elements of the physical space. Um, so for example, Ryan Lott helped produce uh, Kimbra's latest record, really great record. And what he was talking about, one of the first songs that they did, he created the kick drum by pounding his fist against the window. And he used a microphone that picked up a lot of low end. And so he was able to create this organic low end. So instead of just putting a beater to a kick drum, he used, you know, the fleshy part of his fist against a, you know, glass surface. 
same thing where you like you you can take a, a water drop and turn that into a snare with the right kind of reverb and processing. You can also take these like different you know sounds like mouth sounds or sounds of dropping things on the floor, beating against the wall, and trans translate them into either percussion or pitched percussion by putting it into something called a sampler. So sampler, you know, you might have seen this stuff on Ableton, but it's all good if not because this podcast is not just for musicians. You can you can take a physical input, anything, you know, a meow. You know, if you if you remember meow 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 the like meow mix commercial, that kind of idea where you can take like one instance of a sound and then the computer will apply pitches to it and shift it up and down. But you can take that and you can take that to its logical extreme where you can pitch things that weren't meant to be pitched or you can take pitched things and turn them into not as pitched things by removing the harmonic series. I have some pods about what the harmonic series is, but it's basically anytime that you play a note outside of like a pure computer generated sine wave, there is a complex set of upper frequencies that also sound. It's happening right now with my voice where there is a fundamental pitch, whatever, because I have a low voice, Um, and then all of the stuff above it that um, is coming through to you and that's part of what makes it, you know, sound like my voice rather than somebody else's voice. We have slightly different resonating chambers with the ways that our, you know, skull is shaped and the way that I move my lips and being a Californian and my California drawl, all which that sounded really weird. California drawl. Um, yeah, so everybody's got their own things, but all of those things are additive to create that sonic fingerprint, that signature of my voice. And it's the same thing for any instrument. And that's one of the things that you can really capture um, by using sampling. And then also we have really amazing tools now like Melodyne where you can literally go in and be like, I don't want any more of the second order harmonics, which is, you know, up above the, um, the, you know, first kind of fundamental frequency. There are all of these orders of harmonics and they get quieter and quieter typically as they go up. And so you can adjust that. And if you adjust those things, now suddenly something that is a saxophone can sound like a violin because you have taken away some of the frequencies that make it sound more saxophone-like. So you're applying these concepts of synthesis, you know, from a synthesizer to organic instruments. And then the next step that Sunlux does really well is then you take organic non-musical instrument things and turn them back into musical instruments and vice versa. It's that conversation that ends up creating this like otherworldly organic sense. And I, I really I'm passionate about this because I think it's the next like chapter of musical instrument manufacturing. You know, because it's like kind of like, where do you go after synths? Like, isn't that the logical conclusion? Like, you have Stradivarius who makes the violins, and then you have Leo Fender who makes the electric guitars. And then where do you go next? You go to synthesizers. And then eventually, like, we've explored most of the ideas of synthesizers. The next logical step is to recapitulate the whole thing, pull it all back together, mix and mash it. And that's what Sunlux is doing so well. It inspires my music, and I know it's inspiring a lot of other people too. As you see this stuff on TikTok now, where people are using like different strange instruments. For example, I've used frying eggs as a um, filter sweep sound, like the kind of sound, because when you're frying something, it's got all those popping high frequencies. So you filter out the low frequencies, you shift it up, put in a little reverb room or whatever like that. And now suddenly you have this oddly familiar sound that isn't quite just a white noise filter sweep. It's instead fulfilling the same role, but sourcing it from a different place, which 
you know, maybe somebody else wouldn't have thought to do. Or you take a beaded curtain and you, you swift it back and forth and throw that into a phaser. And now it sounds like a shaker, but it's not quite a shaker. It's a beaded curtain, you know, or like the reverse snare example that I was talking uh, in Chang, the, um, the drummer from Sunlex, where, you know, you are, you're approaching something that is almost take it for granted in the way that it works and flipping it over. Like, let's play the snares more instead of just have the snares be this thing that hits the resonant head on the other side. What if we flip the head around and we play the snares like a shaker or like a washboard or combine the two where you roll the snares into a hit so then it creates the sound of a reverse snare so you're using electronic stuff to inform analog stuff which then you create electronic music with it's that wrapping around and i feel like that's where like art in general kind of is and i'm really excited about it because like what what do you get when you start to recombine everything you know it's that idea of sampling yourself it's like it's taking hip-hop kind of ideology combining it with live music and jazz and stuff mix those two together so now you're not just thinking of it like I'm going to play this song and I've trained really hard to be good at my instrument. It's like I'm going to play this song and then approach it from a totally different perspective and create something that you could never have created without the tools of today. And I think that's what makes art cutting edge is like it's, it's the conversation of the tools and the user of those tools. And I think Sunlux is like a really inspirational group of people that are doing that. And also it's, it's like fun that the context of everything everywhere all at once as a, as a movie that's like recursive uh, on film itself and the internet and, and all of these different modern themes is using this, you know, modern musicians who are using modern techniques, um, but all doing it with kind of like a cheeky sense of humor and, and childlike play and curiosity. And I think that, you know, finding those things in your art and appreciating them if you're if you're not an artist but you're just an art lover, appreciating that from your artists, celebrating that, um, and and buying into their their exploration, I think can make the whole experience of you know consuming music and creating music that much richer to understand the story that it comes from and the creative sensibilities that it's, it's rooted in, you know, that, that's what I like about doing podcasts like these. Cause then I, it's like a little bit of a space where I can go behind the scenes, but go a little bit deeper and be like, Hey, did you know I used eggs? <laughs> you know, like you would never know in the context of the stuff, but once you hear it, maybe it'll create um, a little more depth or at least buy you into my artistic story a little bit, you know, and everything, once you're viewing it as a sound designer, everything starts to take on a richer musicality. And I'm, you know, I'm not alone in this. You, you can talk like John Cage or um, there's a bunch of people in France. My internet's not working right now, so I can't look up all these names, so I can't cheat. Um, but there, there are a bunch of people that I haven't played this that I think are really cool. Um, and you can just look up like, you know, early experimental noise music or um, found sound recording. And check out how people like use birdsong and chop it up, even on early tape. I think that's really fascinating stuff where now we can do that even deeper. This is super easy on computers. But just because it became easier doesn't make it like less worthwhile because I'm not having like chop tape. Now there are less impediments to me creating what I hear in my head using things like organic sounds, birds slapping on a window, reverse snares, and combining them with the electronic medium. And I think just because it's easy, like we shouldn't hate on it. It actually give, opens up new avenues and venues because you're not um, like having to spend your entire day just cutting up little bits of tape and splicing them together. You're instead spending your entire day creating. 
So celebrate the artists as they do these things and, and, and see if you can like, you know, ask people like, what was your creative process or listen to interviews and, and, or if you're a journalist, like, like dig into this stuff, because I think musicians would surprise you, um, what we end up doing, where we end up finding our inspiration, how we end up making these productions and check out some more Sunluck stuff. They've got videos and, and I, I highly recommend it because it, it's an inspiring way to look at the world. I like to carry around a little zoom recorder. I have a binaural microphone that I got for like a hundred bucks. I plug that in there. And what a binaural microphone is, is it's a pair of two uh, microphones that I strap around my ears. And so the microphone drops into my um, outer ear canal and it captures everything that I'm hearing in that moment with the reverberation around my ear canal. And so while it will not sound exactly to you like it does to me, you know, because we have different shaped ears, um, I'm, it, it gives enough of the impression where, it, to the extent where one of my buddies, um, I have a song called, that's just called Intro. It's on Koan C or on my Koan LP. And you can hear like somebody walking around in the cough behind you. And it, it scared the crap out of my friend because he was listening to, the, to my record and all of a sudden there's sounds like somebody's behind him in his, his home gym or in his garage. <laughs> so he's like, Oh my God, somebody's here. But it was, that was like a, that was an element that I recorded by gnarly. Um, just when I was like trying to get a sense of space and one of the things that like headphone listening in particular can do for you is when I drop a binaural recording, say that I'm like in a beautiful meadow and there are birds flying overhead. Typically music is panned left to right, but with those binaural microphones, um, I'm able to create the illusion of stuff way above your head. So it, it, it expands the like illusion of what recorded stereo music is to a full 360 view and in a moment, I can drop your head from, you know, a dank, dark cave to a beautiful meadow to a tiny room, like an elevator. And those, those moments of shift, um, I think, are really impactful just because we're used to them, right? Like this, the, the feeling of going from a long, empty hallway to a cluttered, tiny library room is just, it's visceral. And taking those visceral, just like human experience moments and applying them to music can draw so much out emotionally from what you're feeling. Even if you're not like fully aware of what you're feeling, the, the feeling like you'll get it, you know, like you don't have to know like, oh yes, the reverb shifted from a binaural hall reverb to a binaural room reverb that has like tighter diffusion. Like you don't have to know all the specific parameters. It's more about appreciating that we're thinking about this as musicians and then as musicians about like how how does that make your audience feel even if they don't know what they're going through and try it try listening you know to some of these works especially on headphones because you're going to get a different sense of scale and scope and dimensionality see if you can like try and perceive if things feel like they're behind you or above you or um hard panned left or right Try to get that sense of dimensionality and direction when you're listening to music because it, it is so, um, once you get it, once you really feel it, um, you'll never go back. And that's part of the reason why I love mixing in headphones, listening in headphones, is it's that sound like mentality of drop you in a space, hit you with that sound designer mentality of I'm putting you in a world, I'm immersing you in a world. And using both organic and synthesized and combinations of those to create this otherworldly experience in that world. So if you did, if you dig this podcast, um, 
got a bunch more episodes and a bunch more coming up. Um, typically have a lot of guests come through and things like that too. So definitely subscribe. If you could throw me a five star, that'd be awesome. It definitely helps people dis- uh, discover this podcast and check out my music at um, scubertdubert.pizza. That's my website, scubertdubert.pizza, or you can just search me in Apple Music, Spotify, whatever, and listen to some of what I do um, just to get a perspective. It's not exactly Sunlux music, but it certainly is very much inspired by it. Hopefully this was inspirational to you, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. On second thought, before I let you go, if you're wearing headphones, stick around for this. If not, maybe come back for it and flip on some headphones so you can hear it. This is an example of a binaural recording that I I did, um, walking around a music convention called the NAM Show, and you're going to hear the scale of this room that you're suddenly placed in. It's a convention center and there are people, you know, hundreds of feet away playing different musical instruments all at once, all around your head. So sit back, probably don't enjoy, but check out (laughs) this little clip of madness being at a massive music convention, binaurally. flip it around, maybe side chain it so there's a kick drum, it goes boom, and at the same instance that the kick drum goes, all of the sound sucks in and disappears for a moment. Or maybe you could run the whole thing into a sampler and give it some artificial pitches so as you're playing a keyboard, the entire orchestra of noise moves around. There are all of these endless opportunities combining analog inputs of tons and tons of data. Like think about all of the stuff that's going on there. It's that scale. It's, it's really hard to create the impression of that in a computer. But you take that input that's really rich, analog, binaural, and then you can run it into these computational tools and create something truly transcendent and weird. And that's uh, the gift of Sunlux and others, like uh, Francis Dumont, <laughs> the French guy that I remembered his name. They, um, they pave the road and we're just walking on it. But let's see how far it can take us.